Hello and welcome to the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast, where we share stories, tips, and strategies for coaching the mental game of softball. I'm Melanie Rushing, and I'll be joined shortly by Alicia Smith with a bonus episode, a replay of our Facebook Live where we share more on how to build your dream team. If you haven't heard yet, we're about to begin our first ever five-day dream team blueprint challenge, where we'll take a private group of coaches through the blueprint step-by-step with daily training, action steps, accountability, and support. The goal is that by the end of the week, you'll have a jumpstart on building a strong team culture, even while working virtually with our teams. By giving the girls something meaningful to work towards, they can keep learning and growing as ball players and people. This challenge isn't for everybody. First of all, it's a paid challenge this time because those who pay, pay attention and get results. So if you're looking for free resources, this episode will get you on the right path and we've got plenty more episodes where this one came from. No judgment at all, it'll just take you a little bit longer. The challenge is also not for those who aren't ready to take action right away. We're hitting the ground running tomorrow, April 6th, and we will be well on our way to dream team culture within a week. You of course can go at your own pace and we'll stay together after the challenge ends, but we want this to give you that boost right away so you can get going. So doors close tomorrow, Monday, April 6th at 6 p.m. Eastern. To sign up, head to mentalsweetspot.com. And now, let's get to the episode. Before I get Leisha on here, I just want to recap what we're doing tonight. We're going to talk about the new Dream Team Blueprint. So if you haven't listened to this week's episode, Alicia and I talked about our new process, which is really an old process. <laughs> we kind of figured, like, wait, we've been doing this for a while, and why didn't we record it before? So now we have a simple yet impactful seven-step system for building that dream team culture and then adding in the mental skills on the back end. So don't worry, we'll still touch on that as well. All right, so let's get going with number one, your goals and why. So as we talked about on the podcast, this is huge because it'll keep you on track and you from burning out. So you got to know your goals and why. And when we go through this program, We'll talk about at the end of how we're going like, to offer this to you guys and work with you guys, especially on this first go around when it's not uh, our usual course up on our website. So we need to dig into what you really want. So there's the surface, like I want to make an impact. I want to help these girls. But what are the specific things that really light you up? What are the feelings you get when you see your girls making progress or you see them have that light bulb moment? So when you can connect to those feelings, that's when you can say, okay, it's a rough day today, but I know when I feel connected to my girls, I know when I feel helpful, that gets me back on track again. So what can I do right now <laughs> to do that, even if it's something small? So it helps you in those down times and those lull times. These are some of the things that we'll talk about. And then how to kind of hold on to that all the way to that finish line and that thing that you want to actually start. Oh, perfect timing, Alicia. Oh, it's counting her in. Fancy. Hi. Hi. Okay. So the first one is talking about like really connecting to like your own personal things. So if you were working with a coach right now, Alicia, who came in mm-hmm. with a team, uh, I know we got Liz here. So say she's coaching a 14U team. What would you do with that coach in particular to find out what really drives him or her? Um, just simply start with conversation, right. And just ask, focus on them. I guess, you know, you really want to focus on, she's sorry, focus on them first. And really, um, because I think a lot of times as coaches, we don't have the 
we don't take the time to think about ourselves because we're really always thinking about our team and things like that. So just kind of have a conversation with them to find out really um, what drives them to coach, what drives them to get up every day, put up with parents and the drama and all of that other stuff, right. That comes with it because you really got to dive deep, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of extra things other than just coaching. Cause a lot of us just want to coach, right. <laughs> but we all know there's a lot more to, to coaching than that. So I think that it's really important to kind of sit down and just have a deep dive into really why you're doing it. Yes. And that takes us perfectly into the next piece, which is why we really want to get clear with the coach first. So then you can flip it to your players. So then that same process with your girls, what are some extra tips to help, especially, not even especially, any player who's not super self-aware <laughs> and into all these self-help things that we are, um, how would you help them dig a little deeper and get to their their real why other than, because I love softball and it's fun. <laughs> uh, with the kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just, I, I definitely would focus on, Instead of, because that's what you're going to get, right? Why do you play, right? Instead of asking them, why do they play? They're going to say those types of things. So try to flip it more about how do you really want to feel, right? So when you leave the field every single day after practice, how do you want to feel? Or after you leave the game, how do you want to feel when you are on that car ride home or packing up your bag? What's that feeling you want to have? So I think that that's really um, kind of the key to try to help narrow it down for them or help them understand. And I really like that you said on the car ride home too, because I usually start big, mm -hmm. like you just won the championship game or at the end of your career, like doesn't need to go that big. But I really like, right, like right. every day, like what's going to keep you going, even if it's after a terrible day. <laughs> right. You know, it's like, I think about the kids, like from, from my high school, they all line up their bags outside behind the dugout. Right. And they, you know, after practice is over, we do the huddle and they clean up and they all go around and they're packing up their bags and they're walking to their car, you know? So what, what are they thinking about at that moment? And how do you really feel? Do you feel accomplished? Do you feel like you had a good practice? Do you feel like you learned something? Do you feel, you know, full of pride? Are you full of pride? You know, that type of thing. So mm -hmm. I think it's, um, it, it's, it's a very interesting concept, but I think if you can kind of help the kids really narrow down to that part, you'll start to get all sorts of really great answers. Yeah, I think it does take a little bit of time, especially the first time going through this kind of thing with a team it seems mm -hmm. fluffy at first like for sure ahead, let me talk about my feelings <laughs> you, mm -hmm. you might get some pushback but then once you see like oh yeah I do feel like energized on good days it's right. really yeah it's really helpful it is um okay straight into the team's culture so we've talked about this multiple times <laughs> but hey it needs to be repeated because it's the most important thing so this was this next step was our culture course before, but what are the key steps we talk about? Like you got to define for them. What are the behaviors, attitudes, like the actions that they need to do to get to the goals they want? So like with Leisha's team, it's fearless. It's uh, selfless. It's united. Um, and then getting really clear on what it does and doesn't look like. What are some tips that you have for, again, digging into being specific with what exactly does and doesn't look like without it turning into a bee fest? <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good question, because I think that whenever I start the conversation, I kind of start it with them by saying, okay, so great. 
these particular words are great. And it doesn't mean anything if it's on a t-shirt or wristband. What matters is, is the action that you do, the action that you do that represents this, right? And how are you going to represent this particular word in practice personally? Um, and then take it to the point where, okay, these are the things you can control, right? So you, if, if you decide that you would like to be fearless, first of all, define that for me and define that for each other and define that for yourself. What does that mean? And, and then what does it look like? So, so we'll talk about that for my team specifically. And we've talked about this before. Diving is a great example of being fearless because they are not worried about the outcome and they are really giving it their all. So when they use that word now, and I only not understand what they're talking about and what they're looking for from from themselves, but from each other as well, then they can also hold each other accountable to that. I can hold them accountable to that. So I think that helping them walk through that and also make sure that they understand the actions are really controllable and something that is um, 100% on them is a little bit easier. So it doesn't turn into, well, that it looks like this when this person does that, but not me, you know, so it's a team thing, right? So those are team decisions. Those are team conversations and team definitions, which I think is really uh, important because if you ask every girl or every team, what the word fearless means, you're going to get a lot of definitions. So it's really important that at the end of the day, the definition are, is a unified understanding within, within the, and then definition so everyone can be, hold each other accountable to that. Mm-hmm. That's, I think, the coolest thing is seeing their language for it because how many times, even with just regular skill instruction, like I right. tour over and over again, then one person says it a different way and <laughs> clicks. So it's important right. to have it in their language if they're going to really follow through and be held accountable. Oh, for sure. Yep. Love that. All right, next piece is gather your resources and activities. So when we get our group together, we've got some people uh, that are already clients of ours that um, we've been like kind of talking to you, but we're going to bring them together and really just mind meld and grab all the things we can. Cause I find if you have a bank of resources or like a book of quotes, things that you really resonate with, it's going to be so much easier in those times when you do get behind there's no catching up so I hate there's no that. catching up right 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 <laughs> I used to tell myself that and I was like I'm gonna catch up and someone was finally like yeah you can't <laughs> you won't <laughs> like, right, right. Um, but it is helpful to have at least some sort of bank of these um, I would prefer if it was based on the culture words this is why it comes after figuring out your culture so you'd be like okay our girls are talking about fearless a lot let's find three or four things for that. And then you can branch off. Um, But what would you do with a coach slash team to start the search for these kinds of resources? Uh, We'll focus on, first of all, obviously the words, right? So, and then being able to try to, first of all, I'm fortunate enough to have a, a bank myself, right? Because I've been I've been doing this for a long time, but so I have some ideas and resources. So I think the other thing is too, is trying to figure out which, which one they like best, right? Cause they can watch videos. They can listen to podcasts. They can read books. Um, they can read articles. And so I think trying to figure out which one they like the best is also part of the learning process, right? Because they, they may really hate podcasts. I don't know, but trying to figure that out, there's so many different types of resources and, um, I personally like really short, powerful videos that, that, you know, say something that have a meeting that have a inspirational 
saying or something along with it. Um, but I also love reading because I think that gives the time for kids to really kind of reflect on mm -hmm. sometimes I will spread my team around the whole field and they're, so they're own they're not sitting next to each other in the dugout, right? Go sit in left field and right in, they sit all over the place. So they're kind of by themselves. And sometimes I have them bring their phones and they watch a video or sometimes I have them read, but I think it's it, mixing it up is important, but also trying to figure out which ones your kids like the best, because if they tell you, Oh, I love videos. These are great. Um, because they're used to that now, right? The, a lot of kids are doing, that's how they learned the best. So trying to find something like that, that they like is, uh, and, Obviously, with the internet and everything else, you can find all sorts of types of things, right? So um, I would definitely mix it up, but find which one they like the best. Mm -hmm. And to that point of like them liking video, like that's all I hear when doing research for business stuff. So like all these mm -hmm. other practitioners and coaches and leaders are putting out more and more videos anyway. So we should mm -hmm. get a little better being able to find exactly what we need, even if it's in video form, right. which is nice. Right. Um, and then to go to Liz's point, she said with our team, giving them, giving her team our examples of the descriptive words was helpful. So yeah, we have a bank of words. Um, sure. To mm -hmm. help like kind of spark them. Cause even I, for a while I was like, is this supposed to be a noun adjective or is it a verb? <laughs> like my, my brain was trying to be like, what kind of word am I supposed to be coming up with? So yeah, giving examples is really helpful if you're having trouble getting your girls to open up. And I believe her girls were 12 and 13 at that time. So right. there's no, right. there's no too young. I know we have a new person in the group just this week who coaches eight you. Oh, I, I love, love them. So but like, yeah. think of your daughter. She mm -hmm. is with it. She gets it. <laughs> like you can have these conversations with them too, which I love. Right. Whether she wants to get it or not. Yeah. She, she, she has it, no right? choice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Poor thing because like teenagers gonna be like, but also yeah, lucky yeah, kids. for sure. Um, <laughs> uh, next is schedule and plan. Uh, so gave us warning on the podcast. This does not mm -hmm. mean <laughs> step by step every single day perfect order, uh, but it does mean a putting into the practice plan consistently. Literally mm -hmm. five minutes could be all you need that day. Or maybe, you know, like mm -hmm. I want to teach something this day. So I want to add a little bit more time for what we call chalk talk or like mm -hmm. we call it classroom sessions, even if we're out in the field, um, right. even that kind of thing. But it needs to be on the schedule every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and for me, it was helpful to put the, the actual culture words on the practice plan too, just like mm -hmm. as my template, <laughs> put it up there. So I remember like focus on these things. Right. There's a billion things calling for your attention once practice starts. Yeah. Um, how else would you work with a coach to schedule and plan this out while still remaining flexible? Um, definitely have a couple ideas. I've done different things before. Um, one, I've, I've had a theme of the week, for example, um, and I've told the kids, you know, this is the theme of the week and it's culture or it's confidence. And so that was um, – one, letting them know what the theme of the week is because they were always like, what's the theme of the week? Like, so they got into it, right? So they were curious what it was. Um, and two, it, it helped me stay focused on a certain area instead of going here and here, and here which sometimes we want to do, right? Um, it helped me stay focused. Um, we have, uh, which we've talked about many times uh, on our podcast and things, that, uh, notebooks. We call them notebooks. That's, that's what my line item is called. Um, notebooks means whatever we're going to talk about that day or do that day with a scheduled um, activity. But I think um, 
having that bank is really important because the best laid plans don't always work. We have to adjust them quickly all the time because when we think maybe in our plan, we're ready to move on to the next thing, even if it's a drill or a mental skill, like it doesn't always work that way. So we always have to make sure that we have our, our resources. But I think trying to come up with a way to put it in your practice plan, come up with a theme of the week, um, or be able to a way to figure out how to implement that every day is great. But if you don't write it down, it won't happen. Like, just like, you know, I plan my, I know I, you probably did too, right? To the, to the minute. I have warm breaks ups, in there. Clean up, to, yeah, warm ups, clean up. It's all in there. <laughs> but in my, my kids make fun of me because they're like, coach, we're a few minutes late. Like we're past our, you know, this says end at 520. But I think it's really important that you, you not only have a very detailed practice plan, but you have to be able to adjust, right? You have to be able to adjust your practice plan every day, just like your themes or just like your talks and speeches. And there have been times when I have just stopped practice, thrown away the plan and just either started over or like talk to them or whatever it is. So it has to be flexible. You have to adapt just like our game. And uh, I think that that's sometimes very difficult to do for type A personalities who are list makers and time. <laughs> but it is it is that way. That is not the natural part of, of a game anyway, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I think just trying to at least at a bare minimum keeping a theme of the week in mind and everything that you have around your discussions can include that theme. And that's very helpful. Yes. But keeping that part simple enough that you can adjust within it. That's why I like the week. <laughs> <laughs> like, ooh, yeah. this practice is not going to work out today. Or, oh, have you ever been in the middle of practice and had to switch gears? <laughs> yes. All the time. This drill sucks. Drill is not going very well. Or we need to go back to the basics, right? It happens <laughs> yeah. all the time. But I think you made a really good point. Keeping it simple is really the key. There's no need to, to put 15 things on your plan that you're going to try to address that day. Right. So normally what we have in our practice plan is something very similar where we have all of these, um, we have basics, the warm ups and everything that are in there. And we, we might have, we are working on first and thirds. That's our, that's our big thing that we're working on today. And the rest is the same. Yeah. Um, but kind of same thing with everything else. Just simply, simply keep it simple. Right. Yeah. Which is way easier said than done. Like way Alice easier. said, she always knows the drills that can be skipped. That is genius. I need to, yes, for sure. I need to like star that one X. That's yep. such a good one. That is a good one. Yep. Absolutely. hundred percent agree. Mm -hmm. And mine just showed I, up as Facebook user. So I don't know who's typing the name. I so. have to refresh this on the side. So if people are wondering why I keep looking down, I'm like refreshing <laughs> to see who at what. <laughs> um, see like right now, who said this? Let's find out. That's Liz. Um, yeah. You can definitely go way too structured, way too complicated when really so, sometimes your whole, and we've had, I've had whole practices before where there's literally just ground balls. It might be different drills, but they're ju all just ground balls. There, there's no reason to get into all the complicated stuff, right? Sometimes. And sometimes that's all the kids need. So I think if you keep it simple and not overcomplicate it, not only from the softball side of the drills, but everything else that you're trying to implement is very helpful and also doesn't, doesn't overwhelm you. Because if you're overwhelmed, the kids they have no chance. Yeah, I am in the middle. I'm almost done with my practice plan matrix. Guys, I'm excited for this. I will share it with you all. Because <laughs> in my quest to return to coaching, I'm like, I got to get this. I got to wrangle this. I am way, I overcomplicate everything. And even as I'm doing it, I have Stacy's voice in my head saying, simple, simple. <laughs> and I'm still adding too much. So I finally just gave myself like four options. <laughs> and that's what I'm going to do from here on out. Want to do groups? If I want to do pairs, or if I want to do full team? <laughs> yep, 
That's so simple, Mel. I'm so proud of you. It took a while. But then when <laughs> what like got me, the shift that I made was like the complex practice with the 12 stations and the, the eight points of things they got to do. That doesn't teach right. anything. Right. I mean, it does stress them out if you want to test their like, you want stress to push it, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah. Really There's other ways to do that simply, Mel. <laughs> yeah. Way too many overcomplicated practice plans in my life. Yeah. yeah. All right. The next piece, track and reflect. So we talked about a couple of ideas on the podcast. Um, tracking is, again, simply by asking the girls, um, reflecting with them, asking them how they feel. If you really like data, I actually got a um, good idea today from another coach, a Hall of Famer. I was on a webinar with a Hall of Famer. I felt so cool. Um, so she was talking about how she uh, rates everything from like what they're working on with hitting that day to defense is all red light, yellow light, green light. And she's like, honestly, I've been doing it for three years now. And now we just say red light or green light. Like either they got it, they're feeling good about it or they don't. And that's what we said. It's either yes or no. It doesn't have to be complicated, but it is nice to like keep tabs on it somehow. I couldn't keep it in my head. So even just like marking it down the paper, like, yes, we got this today. This was a green or say you were working on a drill that was trying to bring out that fearlessness and it didn't go well, that's red, <laughs> come back to it. So then you know, like, hey, maybe there was a, maybe that was a Friday before game Saturday, Sunday, and you had to come back to it, easy to forget. <laughs> um, and uh, it's just easier to keep track of and make sure you're all on the same page. But the main thing um, is talking with the girls. So Alicia, how would you, like coach a team through this? Like what are some questions you would ask or some things you'd want to know from them? Um, definitely start with just asking them how, like for, for example, how a particular week went or even a practice went. Because um, in the beginning, I think I would start to ask them right daily, like how, 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 did, how was the practice? What did you feel? Did you get something out of it? Was it useful? Um, just trying to get them to get the honest feedback starting, right? Like, cause then you can really start to dive into the more, more deep and honest conversations, I think. So asking them how things went, um, and having not only you as a coaching staff, I think take time to reflect of what went well and what didn't well, but also the kids can do that themselves. Um, whether that's internally and in, in, in a journal or as a group, um, I think that starts to build that communication and trust, right. And being able to figure out what went well and what didn't go well doesn't mean that if it didn't go well, obviously you scratch off the list. It's really important that you ask them and, and dive deeper. If it didn't go well, if it went well, it's pretty obvious, right? Okay, great. But if it didn't go well, then what are the types of things? Why didn't it go well? And really ask questions, right? Ask them and have them instead of, because I almost guarantee every time when a coach is asking the question, they have a different answer or response in their head of what they thought it was without actually understanding what was going on. So if you can do that, I think that's really important. Sometimes there are drills or days or weeks that are just disastrous. So what the heck is going on, guys? So what are you thinking? And, you know, what are you thinking when, the, when this drill happened? What type of level of communication did you have? Uh, do we need to have uh, more off the field? Me, I don't know. There could be a whole host of things, right? So I think that just deep diving and asking a lot of, a lot of questions and the right ones without feeding them answers or projecting what you think is really important. Mm -hmm. That the, the projecting thing is hard because we're fixers. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. We just gotta give some answer to make us feel better. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, gotta have some reason, right? And sometimes yeah. there's not, and that's right. okay too. Right? Yeah, you went through that okay. last year. I did. <laughs> I pushed so hard to the point of tears, mm-hmm. yelling at them, pleading for them to tell me <laughs> what it was so I could fix it. Oh, I've never had so many blank stares in my life. <laughs> Poor things. Like I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, coach. Because we tell you if we knew, we just don't know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough sometimes. But I think if you can um, start by asking simple questions and, and building that, it's it's easier. But you have to take a time, the time as a coaching staff, I think, to really reflect as well. After the kids are gone, what what did you see? What did you observe? What went well? What else do we need to work on? What do we think? I think that's really important. I agree, and that doesn't take much time. Doesn't need mm-hmm. to be a whole sit down session. No. All right, finally. So the protect and enhance phase is typically when you start seeing the culture steadying out, you start noticing, again, the world's simple, I know. (laughs) We've had this drilled into our own heads by overcomplicating too many things. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's about, okay, now that we have this foundation set, the girls are starting to repeat the words. They're starting to say these things on their own without me having to prompt them. Then you turn to, okay, what are some outside threats? What are other things that can chip at that culture? And we talked about how typically it's just what people are dealing with individually. Are they not confident enough? And that's not allowing them to be fearless. Are they not focused? And it's taking away from them being in the moment when they need to be. So this is when the mental skills and your other resources could come back into play, but it's a more individual focus. So Alicia, how would you work with the girls? How would you notice things? Or if you're consulting with a team, what are some things you would ask to make sure that like everyone's good or what to, you need to work on. Um, I, if I was consulting with the team, which I have done before, uh, one of the things that worked really well is just having one-on-one conversations with each of them, but asking them all the same questions. Um, for example, how do you think your culture is? Because they had this particular team I consulted with had set up their culture words that in, and did everything that we've done, right? They had the notebook covers, they had the wristbands, they had the acronym, they had everything. So sitting down with them a few weeks later, uh, actually it was a couple of months maybe had gone by. So after a couple of months had gone by, sitting down with them and asking them, how's your culture? And and talk about the specific words, right? How is, how is your selflessness? How is your... I don't remember their specific words at the time, you know, family, how is that going? What, what's the most important thing to you? Uh, and being able to get that uh, one-on-one time with them. But when you ask them the same questions and you're, and you're having the same conversations and you're and you, and as a consultant, you're getting, or as a coach, you're getting the same answers over and over and over. And you're hearing the same words, over, then you know that the culture is really strong because they, even though they haven't heard each other speak and they don't know what they've said, they're saying those things on their own which is what I observe in my own program that we've you know, talked about many times, how, how they're using the same language across the board. They're talking in the same, especially after being here for a few years, right? So if you can build that very quickly and they're all talking the same language in a short period of time, then you know the culture, they're really focused on it. And I think that that's really critical to be able to make sure that they're all kind of on board and all speaking the same language. And what are some like, red flags? or even just yellow flags <laughs> that you look for uh, on the field, especially like, Oh, got to pull that girl aside. 
Right. Again, kind of from a consultant standpoint and a coach's standpoint, I think from both, you can observe the same thing in either situation, right? Uh, any isolation, any one or two players that are not, uh, that are not kind of in groups, right? So uh, how they react to failure usually is a big one. Um, not only do how do they personally uh, react, but how they react as a group, right? As if, if a pitcher gives up a home run, does the entire infield come in and kind of whatever, you know, do whatever, say something, support her. Um, how do they react when they strike out? What does the dugout look like? All of those types of things you could definitely just step back and watch and observe. And you can tell a lot by that. And I know that's hard because as a third base coach, um, standing on the third base side with uh, no matter what side of the dugout they are on, whether they're next to me or across from me, that's usually the last thing I'm paying attention to. So I think uh, it's easier to do as a consultant because you're kind of staying back and watching everything. Right. But as a coach, I think, Unless you either a have a coach on the bench who's kind of watching that, which I've had done in the past, right? You have a coach that's sitting on the bench, just looking at just that kind of stuff. They might be keeping score, but they're keeping one eye on the bench all the time. Uh, and I've had that coach had to go in the middle of a game and say something, right? Because that kid is at the end of the dugout by themselves. There's no reason for that, right? So they should be if if their uh, culture word is family and that's truly what they mean and selflessness and they should be up in the fence they should be cheering they shouldn't be alone they shouldn't be pouting that kind of thing and that's kind of hard sometimes uh, if you're coaching on the field to observe especially obviously on offense um, and on defense you're not really paying attention to it either because you're focused on you know I sit on the bucket at the end and it's just not it's just not easy to do so um, designating another coach or you know from a consultant standpoint is very easy to do yep I agree with that but at least also, you have a sort of backup with the players, too, even though we all know they don't do a great job of holding each other accountable. Right. At least you'll hear it eventually. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. And that is a wrap for this bonus episode. If you're hype, as youngins say, and ready to finally focus on your team culture, since you can't really do anything else right now, we'd love to have you in the Dream Team Blueprint Challenge. For the price of a half hour lesson, you'll get five full days of action, accountability, and motivation so you can make an impact on your girls, even as we're kept apart. Remember, doors close tomorrow at 6 p.m. EST, so head to the website to sign up. And if you're not ready yet, we'll be back tomorrow with another episode with someone else's voice this time, mixing it up for you, so you can see how other coaches are working on their culture. Thank you again for joining us. Stay safe, everyone, and have a good one.